How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Blind. I am your host, Chris Adams. If you're listening to us on iTunes or Podbean, whatever app that you choose to follow these podcasts on, make sure you hit that subscribe button. I've noticed that uh, people are saying that the link from like the Facebook posts and stuff like that don't work for a couple days. So if you're subscribed, it actually shows up in your library a day or two early. So that's kind of like a little added benefit to being subscribed as you get the content that much earlier. And uh, yeah, it just really helps this thing grow and uh, spread amongst new people. So I appreciate it. Leave us some reviews and feedback, all that good type of stuff. If you're not following along with us on social media, make sure you check us out under BTBN on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Join the closed podcast group. It's just BTBN podcast. That's where I'm putting out a lot of the stuff first. And uh, yeah, just as a good way to communicate with me. I'm a pretty busy guy. I'm always doing something. So uh, that's the best place to try to get a hold of me. If you message me, it'll probably get lost somewhere in messages. It just, it happens. There's too much going on. I don't have enough time. Um, So go ahead and do that. Join that closed group. This is episode number 50. It's crazy to think. It uh, Sometimes it feels like I've done a thousand and sometimes it feels like we're still in the uh, in the 20s. But we've made it all the way up to episode 50, which is fitting because today the sign-ups for the call-making competition are open and uh, this will come out on Monday. So today they'll actually announce the uh, first two head-to-head matchups. So that'll be really cool. Um, check out BTBN's Facebook page. And uh, you can follow along there and find out what's going on with that thing, man. I'm super excited for this competition, so uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Today, I've got another guy back that was on before, and he's one of my favorite people to talk to. Uh, Just very, very insightful, great call maker. He brought the art of the small shop call so, you know, to making it a full-time living. He, he kind of did his own thing and created a, a genre that might have existed before, but he's really perfected it. So I'm excited to get him on here and talk to him again. So without any further ado, Mr. Josh Raggio. Josh, how we doing, my man? We're good. We're we're, we're much better than we were uh, about two hours ago. It's, it's cool in the shop again. Yeah, you were saying that AC broke down when you got back from your trip. Yeah, so I, I pulled back in from Stuttgart last Saturday, walking the shop, started loading all my gear and stuff, you know. And went inside to turn the... Uh, I just had to have a window unit. That's what was in this shop when I bought it. And you can look at it and tell it's old. And nothing really happened. Like, it made a sound, but the fan wasn't turning. And I went, oh, man. It's finally, it's finally bit the dust. So, yep, couldn't make it work and couldn't get it repaired. So I bit the bullet and put in a, a new system. And they literally just just left. And it's already cool in here. So... <laughs> I'm much better 
than if you'd have called me uh, this time yesterday. <laughs> yeah, what's the temperature down there today? Man, I don't even know. Hot, whatever hot is, <laughs> whatever. Like, <laughs> Mississippi is basically just temperature doesn't matter. Like you got red, you got bright red, and you got like on fire basically. <laughs> so we're kind of in between red and on fire right now. It's actually not been too bad. The humidity's been down a little bit, but we had a couple weeks it was just brutal. Like you couldn't even, you couldn't hardly breathe outside. It was. Miserable. Man, Mississippi in August is an inhumane oh. freaking heat, man. It is 100 degrees and 99% humidity. When I was uh, stationed down there, we moved PT to start at 5 a.m. And it was normally like 6.30 or 7. And we moved it at 5 because by 5 a.m. it was already 85 degrees outside. <laughs> that was the only way people weren't going to, you know, fall out. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, the heat down here is no joke. I mean, it's, um, it's brutal. It is brutal. Cause it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a humid heat, you know? I mean, it may be 95 or 98, but 100% or 98% humidity. And like, you're just, it's just miserable. It's like living in a, I don't even know, like an oven, <laughs> a wet oven. <laughs> well, then you have the state bird of Mississippi, which is the freaking mosquito. I need to open a season on them because I swear you could shoot some of them with a shotgun. Dude, they're, it, that is uh, an entirely different thing, too. You know, because where I was at down in the Delta, there was so much stagnant water. And it would be 100 degrees and you just have these things everywhere. <laughs> and uh, like I said, I don't know if I said it the last podcast I was on with you. But, uh, you know, I'd have my family come down and visit. And they'd always come visit at the end of July or in August because that's when people take their summer vacations. And they would get down there and they'd be like, I don't know how you put up with this miserable heat down here all the time. And I'm like, well, you should come back down in November when you're still walking around in shorts and a t-shirt down here. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, I I hate it. I'll be honest with you. Like, it just, I hate it. I love springtime and fall and even our winters here. You know, um, a good cold day north wind get a fire pit go and make a calls in the shop like that's that's my ideal day but this summer heat ugh, i just i worked in it for a long time you know and i just I'm, i hate it i'm over it <laughs> well that's the uh the trade-off you know it uh you have those nice like the spring and like you can go to the beach down there man we started going to the beach and like you know late february early march and the more you got acclimated to it you're like ooh, 65 degrees 70 degrees this is kind of cold out today i got my my hoodie on but uh (laughs) you know the when i first got stationed down there i think the first day i was down there was like march 10th and i was walking around in swim trunks and a cut off sleeve shirt and people were next to me in a coat (laughs) and they're looking at me like i was crazy oh yeah it just depends on you know kind of where you came from and what you're used to yeah i remember going i went to school in chicago for a year and uh man you talk about it <laughs> opening experience i mean these guys i mean they're wearing shorts and like you're saying it's you know 45 or 50 and i'm i've got six layers on you know i'm freezing <laughs> <laughs> flip-flops and shorts but yeah man i can I came back for, uh, I, I don't, forgive anybody that's listened to this that's heard it a hundred times. I came back for my first Christmas after being stationed down there. 
and I'd been down there for probably nine, ten months through the heat of the summer. And I got on the plane in uh, in Mobile or Pensacola, I can't remember where I flew out of, and it was like 75, 74, something like that. And I got home to Springfield, and it was 18 degrees. And I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt, and was like, holy cow. Went immediately to the mall and bought a winter coat because I didn't even own one at that point anymore that wasn't government issued. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, I went and bought the biggest poofiest coat and we were riding around town with my buddies and they have the windows down because it was like 38 in December, which now for me, that's a nice day in December here. But then, sure. dude, I was sure. bundled up with like my hood on and stuff. I'm like, you guys have to roll up the windows because I'm dying. Yeah, it takes a little bit of getting acclimated, you know, when you when you swap climate zones like that. <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely our own climate zone down here. <laughs> well, and you know, you said you were up at school in Chicago for a while. That's where I came from before I went down to Mississippi, and it was uh, it was that winter time in Chicago, and holy cow, dude, that is the other end of the spectrum. That is unhuman up there. Yeah. It's brutal. It was brutal. It was brutal. And I, you know, trying to play baseball in it, I just was not, I was not accustomed to it at all. And so it was tough. It was, it was, it was really difficult. So, well, yeah. how, how do you keep your freaking arm warm when it's March and it's 30 degrees up there? Yeah, I mean, it was March and it was, you know, snow on the field. And, um, you know, I was used to March and we're playing spring break tournaments in Mississippi or Florida or wherever. You know, it's, you know, 80, 80 to 90. And so it was just a total different, just a totally different thing. I never real, honestly, I never got used to it. So it was not my cup of tea. <laughs> Man, I almost liked playing in the heat better. Like fall ball is fun and spring ball is fun, but I always felt like when I was hot that my arms stayed a lot looser, my back stayed a lot looser. It was something that, uh, I don't know, I've always liked working out in the heat because my muscles just stay a lot, uh, you know, they don't tighten up as bad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was, you don't have to stretch down here. <laughs> just walk <Yeah>. outside, <laughs> your muscles are loose. <laughs> so. oh. But yeah, so that's how, uh, that's how my week's been. It's been on top of some other things. Uh, it's, been, it's been a week. <laughs> well, it's Friday, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Friday. It feels like Monday half the time. Yeah. yeah. So you were up at uh, up at John's shop, and uh, tell me about that, man. What was the uh, the thought process behind coming up with that collaboration to all the way to where it's at now? Yeah, we. Uh, I don't know. Where do I start? Let's see. We had discussed doing something like that for a while now a year or two maybe uh, you know and just trying to coordinate schedules um, obviously he's very busy got a lot of stuff going on um, you know I'm kind of the same way just in a different aspect and so we would we would we talk like before um, real foot say alright you know let's we'll set some time aside and you know go ahead and sketch up a call and you know we'll do it well we get to real foot and then I'd get super busy in the mobile shop. He'd be busy with his booth and other obligations. And I think, you know, it's time to go home. And so he's like, all right, so let's do it at Callapalooza this year. Well, I get busy. He's obviously trying to run Callapalooza. And 
doesn't work out. So we've been talking about it for a while. And so finally we did a, I did a, I had him on my Instagram live deal mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. And he said, you know what? I'm just going to, I think I'll just come up to your shop and do it. Like that's the only way it's going to happen. And so last week I was sitting here and I was kind of just tired of, like I just was ready for, to get away. Um, I was tired of looking at my shop, tired of doing the same stuff over and over again. Um, so I called him. I was like, all right, I'm ready to get away. You know, what's your schedule? Can you do it? And, you know, we nailed down a couple of days and, so off I went, packed uh, packed a lot of my stuff because, you know, we all have different tooling. Oh, we all, you know, end up with the same product, you know, duck call. But we all get there in very different ways, much, you know, a lot of times. So I packed all my stuff and hit the road and got there, you know, around lunch uh, Thursday. And we started just kind of spitball ideas like, uh, you know, what it's going to look like, you know, how many are we going to try to do in this time frame? And he picked up a pen and just started sketching and I had one of my calls who we were kind of looking at shapes and the geometry of, of you know what I do and, and then kind of the same with his and, you know next thing you know we had two calls sketched out and uh, you know agreed on them and like alright it's uh, <laughs> might as well get to work so I started turning and he had some things going on in the office he handled but then uh, you know we pretty much got that first call done that night and uh, then did the second call uh, Friday. And, um, you know, they were really cool. Um, if you saw them, you know, they're they're unique to his style and my style, kind of intertwined all into one call. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's got cord on both of them, and I stippled on both on both of them. And, uh, you know, he picked out a paint color. Uh, that's kind of his signature deal is he, you know, puts paint on them. And so silver is going to be the skinny hippie uh, calls. You know, they'll always be painted silver. So yeah, man, it was just, it was fun. And, you know, the name came up, um, just kind of brainstorming stuff, you know, and just kind of, just kind of happened, I guess. And I think it fits us both pretty well because I'm pretty skinny and he's definitely a hippie. So, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of those things, it's kind of like, you know, it kind of makes you laugh, but then you kind of sit back and I, me personally, I was like, man, that's kind of, you know, it's kind of cool. It's got a little ring to it. And, so yeah, and then Blake, uh, Blake Fisher, you know, he came in and he kind of had some ideas. I don't know if you saw the booklet that we did mm-hmm. that goes with the calls. And uh, you know, I was ta- I was taking pictures while he was working on that. John was turning, and you know, then he'd come in and take pictures while I was turning. So you know, it was just a lot of fun. It was, it was very relaxing, and you know, it was just it's just a lot of fun. And you know, it was a, it was really entertaining to watch, even from the uh, the outside perspective. You know, as somebody who had nothing to do with it, it was really cool to watch the process and look at all the little details that you guys came up with. Not only in the calls and figuring out how to intermingle them, but to come up with the name and the booklets, like you said, and just the documentation of the whole the whole process. Like it 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 makes it very enjoyable to jump on because that's let's be real the 90 percent of guys are taking their breaks at work or whatever they're doing they're jumping on instagram and uh and watching this type of stuff and it's always fun to see that entertaining type of stuff man like i i always love watching your stuff well thank you you know i regret looking back at it like we learned a lot obviously um once you're you're done and 
you know, gone and the dust has settled and kind of look back and think, all right, what, what, what could I have done or what could we have done different to make this even better, you know? And, and a lot of it, like, I, I feel like we posted pictures on our stories and we're, we were trying to kind of show what was going on through, through just still pics that, you know, maybe next time probably do a little more live feed type, type things and, um, it'd be a little more interactive, but you know, you, you kind of get in the process and, you know, one guy's turning, one guy's taking pictures, one guy's doing this and this, and that, you know, you're all kind of busy. And then all of a sudden it's like, you're done. And you're like, well, crap, I meant to turn on, you know, some kind of live feed. And I just forgot, like just said, so, you know, something, I think some things like that could, could add another element to it. Uh, maybe next time. So, but we'll see. We'll see. The, uh, the feedback's been awesome, you know, um, I'm glad people enjoyed it. Yeah, it was very, very unique. And, you know, when we're out doing different stuff and I find myself on projects and it's always it's always interesting, like you said, to jump on the live and stuff like that. I always feel a little bit out of place, like saying, hey, we should we should jump on the live right now. You know, it kind of feels like uh, taking pictures and stuff like that is not uh, it jumping into... I don't know. It feels more natural to take pictures and to do the little stories and stuff, but it always feels more awkward to jump on the live when you're in the middle of something because everybody kind of has to stop. And then some people get that weird... Like, I have one of my buddies who was on my TV show, and he helped me for many, many, many years, but his biggest thing is he did not want to do interviews because he could talk to you all day long just like this, and there's sometimes I'm like, all right, dude, all right, dude, I got to get off the phone. I got to get off the phone, brother. And as soon as you hit that camera, it was like he was from the 1800s taking a picture, you know, just blank stare, looking off, eyes real big. Uh, It was fun. It was cool. You know? Yeah. You know, I think that's a, well, for some, some people are naturals at that. Um, But I think that's a learned skill, being in front of a camera. It is not, even still pics, if you never, like, had your picture taken you know like it can be it can feel a little awkward and um you know so you kind of have to just block it out and just do your thing and forget somebody's taking pictures of you but yeah the interviews and thing where you have to actually just sit and talk and um that's that takes a lot of practice um getting comfortable in front of a camera Um, i certainly don't do it very often at all but i know for me it's just a it doesn't feel like a, a natural thing it's something that's you know you have to really work at yeah do you do you go back and like listen and watch some of the stuff that you've done because i know when i do it, it's almost like it's like you know playing sports if you play football wrestle baseball whatever you go back and you watch film on some of that stuff and you try to dissect what went right and what went wrong that after action type of report thing and yeah I go back and I'll listen to some of these podcasts and go back and watch the videos and some of the interviews from back in the TV days. And I'm like, man, I really wish I didn't do that. Or I need to cut down on the way that I say certain things. Because, like, when I first started this podcast, I said, bro, way too much. (laughs) It's just how I talk a lot of times. And uh, I'll go back and I, I am the most harsh critic on myself trying to make a better product do you find yourself doing that ever yeah i do it every time i know a lot of guys that will not listen to their own pot you know they won't listen back to their interview or whatever that they did um but i do i mean i feel like it's uh 
like you just said, I mean, it's a learning tool. Um, cause if you're gonna, if you're gonna continue to do these type things, I mean, you might as well get better at them. And cause you know, there's always, you know, room for improvement, right? No matter what you do. And the best way to learn is to go back and see what you did wrong the last time. So yeah, you know, it's kind of like going back and looking at your first calls. I mean, you, you know, you, you certainly have improved off of those. And so I see the communication, social media, interviews, podcasts, like it's a different realm, but you take the same model um, and apply it to using the old stuff to get better for the future, future things that come about or whatever. Yeah, it's just that, that, like you said, going back and looking at it, and I'll find myself, I'll listen to the podcast, usually the day that I post it or whatever. I never listen to it before I post it, because I don't want to find any reason for me not to post it, if that makes sense. Because if, if I caught myself saying something stupid, you know, I'd be tempted to want to cut it out. I just throw it up there. Whatever happens, happens. Um, but I'll listen to it, and I'll usually listen to it twice, and I'll catch things that I didn't even hear in the conversation when they happened. And I'm like, oh, I completely missed that whole part. You know, that whole part. Yeah. Well, because as an interviewer, because I've been in your shoes a lot, you're thinking ahead to what's next, right? You're trying to listen, and you are. You're engaged, and you're listening. But you're also thinking what's next. And that's a, like interviewing somebody is a skill. And you're very good at it, by the way. Um, it, it's because you do you have to be engaged in the moment in what the person is saying right now and but you're also like I said you're thinking ahead of what's next and what's to come for the next hour right so it can be easy to get distracted uh, for me I always have to have a notepad and kind of an outline typically I mean some I do off the cuff but uh, you know when I'm in your shoes I typically try to have I kind of have to have a list that way I don't get too far off track of what I'm trying to accomplish but sometimes organic conversation turns out to be better than the questions that I maybe had to lead into conversation. So, you know, they're, they're all a little different, but no, I agree. Um, I think going back and listening is a, is a good thing for sure. Yeah, man. I, I really appreciate the, uh, the compliments on that. I roll pretty dangerous, man. I, there's only a few times that I I've had notes and that's for if I'm interviewing a guy, I don't know as well or as much about him. But uh, yeah. I tend to roll without notes, and yeah, that that can get tough sometimes, and I get down some pretty deep rabbit holes doing it that way <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> but uh, you know, you were talking. You know, there's a lot of guys are you know certain guys are much more difficult to interview than others. Oh, that's and, no uh, joke, that, buddy. That falls on your shoulders to guide conversation, man, and that is not easy sometimes. That is uh, a that's, that's that's the hardest part about what you do. Um, on the podcast stuff, my, it would be my guess. Uh, is, yes, guiding that <laughs> conversation oftentimes. So. I was doing uh, Joey D'Amico's podcast. I'm pretty sure it was Joey, and if it wasn't, forgive me, buddy. I, I can't remember. I've got too many of them going. But uh, we were talking about you know calls and stuff like that, and then we start talking about golf and him being a golf pro. And we, you know, I bring up, I was like, have you ever, you know, dealt with anybody or something like that? And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I had uh, John Daly, you know, I was kind of working with him and telling stories about that. And then he ends up telling me later on that, you know, he's met Michael Jordan and worked with him out on the golf course. And I was like, bro, you mentioned none of this in the pre little, you know, talks we've had. And I had to dig this stuff out of you. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean that's a that's a that's a good interview. That's a you know yeah. I listened to that. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's been around some cool folks. <laughs> Sound like he's been around a couple of jerks too, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's life, right? I can't that's imagine, life. man. So you were talking about that uh, the running the interview and how you're having to constantly think of different things while listening and being engaged. And it's really funny. I had this discussion with the girlfriend uh, a while back about um, how sometimes she's like, well, you don't ever let me finish a sentence or you cut me off. And I was like, because you are a very good speaker and you can speak for five to six minutes without taking a breath. And we'll be on 12 different topics in that five minutes. And you'll be talking about something and I'll have a thought on that subject. And I was like, sometimes I feel like if I don't get it out and interrupt you, we'll be on 10 different topics later and I'll forget, <laughs> you know, if it's something Absolutely. important about. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, talking with, <laughs> you know, dumb country boys like us, when you talk to someone intelligent, <laughs> you have to interject every now and then so you can because they'll get so far ahead of you, you know. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I've been there. I've been there. Well, brother, we were talking a little bit beforehand about uh, kind of what topics we were going to look at, and you'd brought up on the last one that you'd be interested in talking about some marketing stuff, and you kind of led off with some of that that you would wish you had done like more live video and how you have your Tuesday night. I don't know what you have officially called that or if it's like a show name or if you just like Tuesday night talks or whatever it is, but um, is that kind of like part of your overall marketing like plan or is it uh just something that kind of happened naturally that is it, uh, it doesn't have a name uh first of all to answer that question um and i ha and i i'm not on a regular schedule which is which is my fault because honestly you know you know like i'll realize it's tuesday and then i'll look up and it's six o'clock and i haven't reached out to anybody yet i'm like man this this sucks like i totally just drop the ball on this deal and so I'll skip it you know like this week I was you know I, I had 20 fans blowing in the shop couldn't sit in here so like it would have been miserable to try to do one this week but I really don't have a good excuse for the other weeks that I've missed just other than I get caught up doing other things and you know forget to reach out and it just doesn't happen um, I mean it's something I started and I enjoy it I enjoy it a lot and I get good feedback from it uh, it's just sometimes it just doesn't happen uh, you know yeah it is. I mean one man show you got sometimes you, you end up with too many irons in the fire and something's got to give and oftentimes it's not a little Tuesday night deal so my apologies to guys that actually are looking for it and want it um, you know uh, I'll, I'll do better <laughs> I'll do better how about that <laughs> well it's a it's a difficult thing to keep up with and I'll find myself you know, doing something similar where like this week I've had three that I put out this week and I'm supposed to be doing yours and another one today and then I've got another one scheduled and sometimes I feel like I have 10 on, you know, backlog that are ready to go and then by the time I finally knock all those out, I'm like, all right, oh wait, I didn't schedule anybody for this upcoming week <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, I'm struggling trying to find somebody last minute type situation like you said and uh, you know, as busy as everybody is, that last minute situation just, 
it can become really difficult because like you said i i feel like you know just what you described sometimes i have way too many irons in the fire and i'm trying to do too much and if i take one day off of preparation like the whole system just it's like a train wreck you know yeah yeah you know and you list your priorities um this is obviously a priority for you because you're putting out so much content and and i can't it's it's amazing that you're able to do as much as you do i love it because it keeps me entertained in the shop while i'm working all day so please don't stop but for me the when i have to go down my list of priorities getting on instagram every tuesday night isn't all the way at the top and uh so i just have to weigh what i've got to do you know family work all these other things um but then also you know think about the marketing plan and you know what's important what's what's working what's not so it's just a balance um you know balance and priorities is, is what it amounts to yeah yeah definitely man it it's taking a very patient significant other very patient family uh you know i i have to find ways to try to be creative and these little days off during the week are nice because I can try to cram a bunch of stuff in without affecting the uh, the quality family time for sure. But yeah. uh, it it definitely takes its toll sometimes, man. Burning the cow the uh, candle, you know, nonstop four four a.m. to you know eleven p.m. It's like it's very very scheduled out throughout the day. So yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Mine is too. And like you say, you just gotta prioritize. So you you talked a little bit about the the marketing plan. Do you do you set down every week and kind of review what's working and what's not working and come up with a strategy? Do you have another person helping you with that, or is that something that, from your own experience in the marketing world before you jumped into call making, that uh, you've kind of come up with yourself? Yeah, no, I do it all on my own. Um, I, I don't I don't necessarily just sit down and come up with things like the bigger ideas yeah but you know i pay very very close attention to um the algorithms and the numbers um the engagement of social media uh, you know i don't spend a ton of time on my website it's a little more basically of an information type page uh just because i don't have any i don't have i'm out of everything that's you know and that's that's again my fault but um but yeah you know i Every every post, and I don't ever, ever, ever uh, post a cell phone pic um, unless it's maybe in my story. So that there's a very, uh, you know, I make a very conscious effort with every single post that I make. I may sell, like I'll sit for for an hour looking through pictures that I've taken or Edward or you know some of the photographers that I've been able to work with, and then I'll you know, try to come up with just the right caption at the end, all I'll say is Coca-Cola call. <laughs> so I basically just wasted <laughs> an hour to write Coca-Cola. Uh, so, you know, some of it is just, I'm at a loss of words sometimes, just like I can't find anything inspirational or, uh, you know, try to stay relevant. But, you know, some, some are better than others. But, yeah, I really pay close attention to the style of the pick, the way it's, uh, the way I've edited it, try to keep it very, uh, very consistent. Because uh, that's your brand, you know, and it's, it, it, I think I said this last time, like it takes a long time to build a brand. It doesn't happen overnight. And it's doing the little things over and over again. 
correctly to build that brand. And, you know, part of that is building your identity, you know, through pictures and verbiage and your product and uh, interviews and every, anything and everything that has to do with your business. Right. Right. And so, um, I, I pay, I pay very, very, very close attention to those type things. Even, even if it's something outside of, um, you know, I was very, I don't know if you saw my post last week, maybe, um, man, I was, I was still just blown away that they did an article about what I do in Modern Huntsman. Yes, I did and, see that. So, you know, I knew the guy that was coming uh, that to, to write the article and take the pictures. I followed him for a long time, and I knew his style of editing was very similar to mine. So I didn't, I didn't have any worries about what the final product was going to look like. But it, I'm just using that example of your brand is being put on somebody else's platform. I want it to be consistent with what I put out, if that makes sense. Because I don't want it to look different, vastly different. I don't mind a few little variances, but I don't. I want it to be consistent with the brand that I've built so far. So you know, you just have to pay very close attention to those things uh, at all times. You know, anything that's associated with my name uh, could have an impact on my business, positive or negative. So yeah, you got to pay attention. Yeah, and it's like we talked about last time with, uh, like, Filson specifically, you know, how it was very similar to your brand and their marketing style is similar to the overall look and feel of your page where it was like a a natural fit. Whereas if you went with, uh, you know, this imaginary brand that was more focused on, um, you know, something that's just a completely different genre like imagine the monster hunter you know the guy that goes out and is drinking monster and everything he's driving the big jacked up dually and there's nothing wrong with that but that branding wouldn't apply to yours you know sure and that's why you know that's why there's many many successful companies um my brand doesn't appeal to everybody and that's fine i get that that's that's just the way the world works um and so, yeah, it's, it's like you say, when you're, when you have opportunities to deal with partners, you know, in the business, you definitely want those values, um, qualities of, you know, quality of product, uh, marketing styles, you, you want those to, to be in line with yours. Um, in my opinion, you know, it's, it's, I personally don't want a lot of different looks and perceptions of my business floating around out there. I want a, a very consistent, constant, um, perception well and that's the thing is you spill you spend so much time and you yourself and just uh somebody who's trying to build a business you spend so much time trying to create that look and that branding and uh you know it's a lot of effort and hours put into it and thought put into it so the last thing you want is uh you know something careless to happen i feel like you have to start off with you know establishing what you want and kind of, you know, yeah. doing that old school pen and paper method of how do I want to look? How do I want to be, you know, represented? How do I want to represent myself, I guess, is a better way of looking at it. And you have to, like, sit down and set goals of how to get there, you know, and do... Because I think so many people now with the iPhones and stuff like that, where you have instant communication to your Instagram, 
is they're just taking a picture and throwing it up there. Taking a picture and throwing it up there. Content is content. And uh, to a degree, that's a good thing if you're shooting for a specific way. But I think that calculated method like you're talking about is what ultimately builds that brand success like you were saying. Yeah, and I was, you know, I was pretty fortunate because I dabbled in photography before I started making calls. And when I say dabbled, like, I bit the bullet and bought a nice camera and a nice lens and was taking, basically just taking pictures of our, you know, all our hunts, just like all my buddies and stuff, right? And I put them into books and labeled the years. And that way, instead of having a bunch of pictures on files, like I actually had a coffee table book that I could go back and kind of look at my journal and read about that hunt and then go to the book and say, oh yeah, that's the picture of that hunt in that book and so I didn't know a thing about it so I was shooting on auto you know um, all the time <laughs> auto focus auto exposure auto everything stuff. yeah yeah like the camera let the camera do the thing I didn't know how to edit I didn't know anything but I had a camera and I was like oh well I got a camera it's going to make me a photographer well that's not the case <laughs> uh, in case somebody's wondering just because you go spend a lot of money on a camera doesn't make you a photographer so but I did have I started you know doing that and then through that started taking more and more pictures like just you know taking pictures of the family and vacations and just kind of really learning so i forced myself to turn my camera on manual mode Mm -hmm. and that's like starting with a flat jig Mm -hmm. if you've never taken pictures before because you got to learn the triangle of light and aperture and all these all these things that it's just like a tone board you know one affects the other one thing you change this it's going to affect this so i forced myself to to turned to manual and I literally had to learn how to take real pictures and then I had to learn how to edit correctly and I still don't use you know my best friend Edward Edward Wall he's one of the best in the industry right now and he gets on me all the time about not using Lightroom and I'm like man I just don't I was gonna say you gotta use Lightroom man I don't you edit in raw Um, I edit in just the photo app on my Mac I mean it's it's very very minimal but the because I'm, well, I'm lucky because the lighting in my shop is really good, so I don't have to do much tweaking, honestly, at all. Like, and that's the goal of every photographer is like get the right picture on yeah. the camera, so you don't have to do much editing. Yeah, start it correctly. Um, Give yourself a, a clean base to start off with. Yeah, yeah, and so I, I did have a little bit of that background, and then forced myself to learn how to use my camera. And you know, now I spend. I mean, I don't just snap a cell phone pic of calls. Um, I hope that's that's obvious on my Instagram page and Facebook page. Like I take the time to set up these pictures, to set up these calls, to take pictures, to edit, you know, to get to my phone, to then post. Um, so yeah, you know, it, it takes me longer um, to do all that stuff, but in the long run, it's also the perception of my business. And so I, I feel like it's worth the time that I spend taking those pictures on a daily basis. Yeah, it really comes through in your final product, man. That's like I, I said it last time. I think everything looks polished. You know, like you you won't see you post a a willy nilly picture. You know, on uh, on your brand page because everything everything just looks polished. There's a caption. There, you know, there's the uh, the placement. I, I'm sure you even look at the uh, the time that you post it. I do. I look at the day and the time. Um, you know, there's two ways of thinking with Instagram. There's the algorithms will tell you you need to post twice a day at the same time of day, 
And so a lot of folks, and I'm not talking about the duck call industry, just Instagram in general, will post two pics every day, no matter what, and their cell phone pics because they're beating that. They're, they think they're beating the algorithms to where, you know, if you have 15,000 followers, that all 15,000 are going to actually see what you just posted. And that, you know, to a degree, that may be true. Like more people may see your post that actually follow you. But on the other side is kind of my the way I do things is I pay attention to the algorithm and engagement. Like I want engagement. So if I only post once a week, I want to, I want the best picture that I possibly have to post that for that, that post for that week. Um, I try to post more than once a week, obviously, but I would rather post one quality pick than 10 crappy pictures. Um, because again, it's the perception of your brand. Sure, more people may see it, but what do they perceive your brand as? Just because more people saw it doesn't equate to um, a positive thought process about your brand. So, you know, there's two schools of thought when it comes to that, and I kind of take the second one of quality over quantity. Well, and that's something that uh, Colton Thompson and I were diving into last night, and we were talking about different ways to look at Instagram marketing and stuff like that. I can tell you that, uh, well, number one, they just released that Instagram Reels to replace TikTok. And I think that is the play right now because if you pull up your Instagram right now and you click that uh, magnifying glass, I bet you yeah. money, I'll bet you one of your own calls that uh, <laughs> you uh, the first thing you're going to see is a Reels video. And they're really? pushing, yeah, yeah, pull it up right now. If you have see, I've heard on. of TikTok, but I don't have, I don't. Me neither, but that is the uh, number. I thought it was a dance, dance thing. It, it's like a little fifteen. It's like a weird Snapchat mixture. I've never had TikTok, TikTok, but I bet if you look down on and you hit that magnifying glass, and yeah. uh, it'll pull like the search. Like right now, I just did it. Reels. There's a Reels advertisement video at the top, and they're pushing that metric really, really hard right now. I think that's the play because nobody's really doing yeah. it yet. It just got yeah. launched like 48 hours ago. But um, Colton and I were talking about stories. And right now, the the Instagram user is jumping on there. And the main thing they're doing is looking at stories. Yep. You know, stories nobody's, are huge. Yeah, nobody's really scrolling anymore, the, the picture feed. So if I see a cool story, I'm going to click on their profile. And I'm going to look at those top six pictures. It doesn't matter when they were posted, how many they're posting a week, and I'm going to look at those top six pictures. So like you said, if they're all quality, then you're getting that engagement. And, uh, you know, I talked to him again about, uh, it's about the thumbtaps, you know, that algorithm, and the amount of thumbtaps that your account is getting is going to drive you up. So, like, say you post your picture in your feed, and you post, like, three different angles of the call, and then you have a little short write-up at the end of it. If you're having to swipe left to continue to look onto that sucker, you're getting more thumbtaps on yep. those individual pictures. And then if you have that long caption, like sometimes you do, and you have to thumbtap to expand that sucker and slow down and yep. read it, that's another one of those uh, algorithm things that they're like, hey, they're spending more time on this individual post instead of just scrolling through. Correct. Yeah, it's it's the impressions. Like, so if you go to your analytics and you look at your impressions, that's a really good number to pay attention to. Um, 
Yeah, there's, you know, you can get, I mean, you could spend, you could spend um, a lot of time just on the, just on Instagram, like the, the analytics of Instagram. Like you can spend 24 hours like trying to figure all this out, right? Mm-hmm. So at some point, you just kind of just got to adopt a style and, uh, you know, like a schedule maybe of, of what you're going to post, when you're going to post it, and kind of just roll with it. Um, but yeah, the stories are big for sure. I can watch the numbers as far as like who, how many people have looked at my stories. And I can tell if I posted one within the past three days versus posted one three days in a row. Um, cause it puts it in front of more people, the more stories you post. Right. Right. And you can just look at your reviews and, um, so yeah, you know, I, I mean, I love it. I, I, I really enjoy I enjoy the marketing side of things as much as I do, you know, turning calls, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. So, um, I spend a lot of time thinking about it, especially like as I'm turning, I'm, I'm, my mind is reeling like, I, you know, what's next? What are you going to post next? What are, what's a new idea? Like what's, uh, what's something that somebody hasn't done yet? What's like just all these, all these things go through your head as you're, as you're working. Uh, and then you, you know, you try to make them come to fruition is uh, the bottom line when you take a break grab your phone and spend a little time on marketing yeah man it's like a little uh, a little game you know you're trying to figure out the algorithm and it's like as soon as you get it really nailed down you know four or five months in they change it up again <laughs> oh yeah they change it every 90 days or something like that or maybe even sooner uh, sooner than that it's because uh, they know I mean there's people that do this for a living they study the Instagram algorithm and they know that um and you can pay for those people's services i I, i'm personally not going to but i mean you know if you're a very large business very large company and you realize the value of social media a lot of those people are paying for those consultants yeah it's uh you know it comes down to that that outsourcing and you know i enjoy it and you enjoy it um but you know, if you if you are running that big business, it's kind of like outsourcing your time so you can focus on the stuff that you like to do and are successful at in your own business. Yeah, and I tell you what's kind of, is somewhat equated to me is, I mean, I, I guess I kind of have become a little bit of a consultant to folks um, outside of the duck call industry for for marketing, um, which is a huge compliment because I'm like, oh dang, maybe maybe I am doing something right every now and then, you know, if they're asking my opinion on things. So that's fun to get outside of the industry and help somebody else create, help create a brand and get it launched and, and watch the success of it. Um, that I really enjoy that too. Kind of gets me away from my little world that I feel like I get stuck in sometimes. <laughs> right. I'll find myself on uh, my personal account and I'll follow a lot of different types of stuff that has nothing to do with waterfowl hunting and I'll try to look at the way that they're marketing stuff and try to find a way to like relate that. When I started um, doing the Facebook Live videos a couple of years ago, and my reach on the Facebook Live videos is bigger than anything I've ever done with anything else. Like if I could get the reach that I had on my Facebook Live videos with this podcast, like I wouldn't be working anymore. I'd be doing this full time. And uh, you know, it was insane. There was some, you know, most videos were getting ten to fifteen thousand, you know, views, which is just insanity. And uh, the podcast is nowhere near that yet. You know, that's that's a pretty pretty high level. 
But, you know, I was doing that. I don't even know how I started off. You're talking about your personal account following. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I was doing, thank you for listening to that. Um, (laughs) I was doing those live videos, and my ex at the time would watch these makeup tutorials all the time. And she would jump on these these groups where the people were doing makeup and watching these live videos about makeup and how to apply it and stuff like that. And these people were getting, you know, like, you know, a thousand people watching their live video at once. And I was like, dude, there is something to this, you know, like, how can I apply this and trying to find a way to to take it and make it my own. And it's so funny to, you know, try to create a, a waterfowl company because i was watching you know how a damn makeup video was performing <laughs> you know it's, it's silly but it's that thinking outside it's the box information. yeah exactly it's that outside the box stuff man mm-hmm. yeah if it works for them why can't it work for you i mean that's what i would tell myself like uh you know how, how and why is this working and then I'm, I'm gonna make it work for what i do um but you know it's, it's funny and you 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 know, a lot of call makers uh, are in the same position. Like, there's a fine line of over-marketing based on what you can physically produce, right? No, oh, so yeah. If, you, if the demand is, is, is high, like, at some point, obviously, you know, you don't spend money on marketing at that point. At some point, it becomes also like a portfolio for what, you know, for what you do. And, you know, when I talk to folks, I direct them straight to Facebook or Instagram. And I say, look, that's my portfolio. And so when you think in terms of that, you have to consider, all right, maybe this person just got my name from somebody else. They've never seen what I do. They've never seen my work. They don't have a clue at this point until they're about to hit, until they click Razio Custom Calls, right? Mm-hmm. And so the impression of or their perception and impression of my business, my brand, my product, what I do for a living is about to be based on possibly a single picture. And when you think of it in terms of that and how how many of those customers do you have that are going to look at their very first impression of you is based on the first picture they see. Like how can you not invest time into quality? of what you're putting out there via camera um, or you know, picture or post of, of your of your work. And so I, I kind of have to remind myself of that sometimes. Like, all right, you know, maybe this person literally is about to make a decision to purchase or not purchase based on one picture. So every picture better be first class. And going back to what I said earlier, if it's not, I'm not posting it because you just lost a customer. That customer may say something to another customer and it just starts snowballing versus the other that can happen of, man, I like what this, I like, I like this look. I like this brand. I like what he's doing. It could snowball in the other way, in a positive way for you. So yeah. Oh, I lost you for a second, buddy. Sorry, man. I got a call. I don't, do not disturb it somehow it came through um so you got you got to really you got to really put yourself in the consumer's shoes and go all right if i'd never heard of chris adams but my buddy just told me i should go check his stuff out and i go to your page and i click on it and 
the first picture I see is going to determine if I call you or contact you or send you a message or whatever to get a call. Like that should matter. That's a pretty big deal. Um, so you know, always I always put myself in the consumer's shoes and think, all right, if I'm on the outside looking in at my business, how how would I perceive my business? So that's that's another thought process that goes through my head. I agree, man. Yeah, it's, it's important. Yeah, there is no more important thing than that landing page that you're trying to get people to. Um, you know, it's like the billboard on Times Square. You know, you're not going to throw up a, a candid little nonsense shot on that without any kind of thought. Because if you're trying to drive all of your traffic to come check out your page, then you want the first impression of that page to be 100% professional because. I don't know, you know, most people, the first, they're going to make up their mind if they're buying something from you, you know, within like the first 30 seconds. Oh, yeah, last five seconds. Yeah, exactly. And it has to be that. Or less. <laughs> the time it takes the eye to go to the brain to perceive what they just saw is when they're making their decision. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I really agree. And I think that's a really good way of looking at it and putting a lot of thought into it. Um, that. I don't know. I feel like there's so many guys, I guess it, it doesn't just apply to the, the duck call world, but they're so worried about just growing their numbers. They want to have that K behind their Instagram number, you know. I want to have a million followers. That's what I really want. I guess that would be an M, not a K, but you know what I mean. And uh, it's about having those quality. And I brought it up with uh, Colton in his interview last night, and I was like, man, I don't have to have you know, 500,000 people following my page. I can't make 500,000 calls. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm never going to do that. If I can have 350 people or 250 and say they buy two a year, dude, you can live off of that or get close to it, you know? Let me ask you this. What, so what's better, having a million followers and you click on their picture and they have 350 likes on their last picture they just posted? Or having 350 followers and clicking on their last picture and they have 350 likes. Exactly. It's about getting in front of that the right second audience. Is better. It's engagement. It's the people, the people that are following you actually want to consume your content. And followers are great. Don't get me wrong. But it's the right followers from an Instagram or social media standpoint that matter. So don't get caught up in those numbers of oh, I need X amount of followers to have a successful brand or business. That's not the case. You can have a very successful business with less than a 1,000 followers. Um, it's all about engagement. Yeah, I told it on, and I just relate this story because me and Colton dove real deep into this stuff last night too, um, that there was this story last year about uh, this Insta-famous person that had a million followers that launched a little clothing line and they ended up like selling less than 20 articles because with a million followers because yeah. i'm sure they had spent so much time you know trying to give stuff away to build up an audience and paying for likes and stuff like that and it's uh you know exactly what you said i would rather have a hundred percent of the people that are engaged and that want to be customers versus just having you know a th throwing that wide net that old school sales funnel it still applies, but I think the age of what you represent and what you put off, at least from an appearance standpoint, of that 
one-to-one -one marketing. I think that is far more important, especially at a business like what we do with the custom calls. You know, you're not trying to sell, you know, a billion dollars worth of Pepsi or Nikes a year. You know, those guys have to think a little bit differently. But that one-to-one -one marketing for a small business, I think that is the most crucial thing. It is, and that starts with, I don't know if I said this yet or not, it starts with establishing your identity as a as a person, as a business, as a as a product. Like, establish, like, what you are. And for me, it's very, uh, it's, it's very genuine. Therefore, it's pretty easy because I'm not portraying something that I'm not, if that makes sense. Like, be true to yourself. Your Instagram page should be a reflection of you, you know, um, and your business and your product. Don't make it something that it's not. Like, if, you're, if your brand is very bright and colorful and whatever, and that's your personality, that's your calls, that's all this, then make it that. That way you're not ever having to be something you're not. If your brand is black and white, and that's only pictures you post are all black and white, and and that's your brand and that's you and that's just your personality, then go with that. Um, you know, if, if, you, if you try to be something you're not, it's gonna be an uphill battle forever and it's gonna be exhausting and it's just not gonna, I mean, it could work, but I can't see it very, being very fulfilling. Man. So I, I would say establish that identity and then figure out, you know, figure that out and then start building on that. And then watch it work because it's you. It's real. It's genuine. You're not putting off something that you're not. Um, you know, it's just it's just real. And that, people just they want real. They don't want fake. Well, they can sniff it out so quick. That's what I was gonna say. People can figure out like what's BS real fast. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So don't take don't take that approach of trying to you know. Um, you know, just because you see somebody else's stuff working for them doesn't mean it's going to work for you. What works for you is who you are and what you're, what you're all about and that. And you got to figure that out yourself. You know, nobody can really tell you who you are and what your brand is going to be. Um, if, it was that, if, that was, if that was the case and there'd be a how-to video and there'd be, here's what you do, here's the brand, and run with it and it'll work well that's just not how that's not the real world we're all individuals and we all have individual companies and products and the way we do things and view things and perceive things and you know figure out what, what works for you it would be my probably my main advice and then all the other stuff we've just been talking about all the analytics and all of that that'll you'll just watch it start to flourish at that point because you're being real well, and it's a lot easier for you to tell a story when you're not having to, you know, BS it the whole way through. Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned the wall last time in my shop. That was not a, I mean, that was not a marketing ploy, you know. That was a, I generally want people to leave their mark in my shop when they visit here. It's turned into something way bigger than that. Um but that, that was just a thought I had. It was genuine. It was real. And now it's something that's one of the coolest parts of my shop. You know, is it part of my marketing plan? Absolutely not. It's just something that I wanted for myself. I wanted to see all these signatures on the wall when people walked in. So I could think back at when they were here, 
think about the call that I made them or the stories that we told or the laughs we had or drinks we had or whatever it was. And it was for my memories, honestly. And it's just turned into, you know, a really cool thing that happens at my shop now. Um, and people, and you know, people love it. And, and I love it. So uh, that's just one of those things. You just got to be, just, just be real, man. <laughs> yeah, man. It That is one of the things. And it's kind of like the call night thing too, man. It just, uh, you know, being so genuine and unique and, you know, the thought process that goes into some of the stuff, it, it just sh- really shines through. And, you know, people really seem to engage with that because it does feel natural versus a uh, an ad campaign or a marketing campaign that, I don't know, I, I said it on, uh, and once again, in Colton's podcast, there's nothing worse. And I get why people do it and I can't hate on them because, you know, everybody's made the same mistakes that doesn't know. But, uh, you know, they add you on Facebook and then two minutes later they get a, a message request, hey, or a like request, hey, come follow my page. Oh, uh, yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. like instant delete. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that's part of it. And look, here's the thing, too. You're going to make mistakes going through this whole building a brand. And, you know, if you want to make your your hobby a, a business, and it, it just depends on how much you want to grow it, you know, there's... And I was there at one time too. Like I could care less about a picture or marketing or posting anything. Like I just wanted to go make a call because it's what gave me satisfaction in life outside of my corporate job at that time. Right? Could care less about any of this. But you know, if you wanted to kind of take it to the next level, you're gonna make mistakes. I've made mistakes. I've posted things that you know I've since deleted. I was like, what? What was I thinking? You know, it's kind of like going back with this podcast. Like, man, why did I say that? But I said it. It is, it is what it is. You're gonna. You're, everything's not gonna work. Um, but just learn from it. Like, all right. So why didn't it work that time? And why didn't I get the engagement that I got on the last picture? Um, you know, just you know, take something away from the failure. Don't just let it be a failure and move on. Like, learn something from the mistake and then move on and get better well and see that's another thing that you were talking about is i think so many guys are afraid to try stuff and as somebody who's trying to market and you know get more engagement and stuff like that man i am constantly trying different things because i just want to see how it's going to work yeah yeah throw some of the wall and see who sticks i mean that's 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 not bad approach sometimes you know think it through but once you've thought it through hell try it you know and it's it may be the best thing you ever did for your business or it could be the worst but learn from it if it's the worst if it's the best then work with it you know do you find uh you know i know you said the uh, the tuesday well i guess you, you know some tuesdays some not tuesdays um yeah do you feel like diversifying, you know, the content and uh, what you're doing with it is good for growing, or is that something that you put a, a lot of thought into? You know, I don't. I didn't think of the IG live stuff as a necessarily a growing, like growing my business type thing from 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 that angle. I thought of it as more like a call night, like all right, so I can call 
John Stevens or Keith Allen or Meg or Whitson or Scott Ray or all you know these guys that I mean we're just we're friends right right but not everybody can um, you know I would do the same for them just like you would you know it's kind of given a little bit of access and insight to somebody just like a podcast that maybe um, that people want to consume it's just it's just different content I don't look at it I didn't look at that as a way to grow my business I looked at that as a way to provide something for for people that may want to hear what uh, you know Meredith has to say about a certain thing or whoever I may have that that night um, has to say about something that maybe they want to know but can't ask the person directly but I can and so just using those contacts just just like call night it's like a it's like an hour version of call night um is all it is so well did it's, you, it's just for entertainment just you know knowledge and entertainment did you find that that uh the engagement was higher like you know if you look at just the the standard picture versus something that has like a, a behind the glass look of it kind of like these podcasts the call nights the uh the live streams like I feel like that behind the the scenes look and you know real in-depth conversations with people that you're just used to following on Instagram I feel like that gets so much better of a, a response you know maybe if it's not even intentional but it's like hey man this thing this thing really works to do it like that yeah yeah I mean so I mean if you actually look at the numbers you may see 15 to 60 people it shows on there that are watching you at what at what some point when I click off of it it shows me 600 and some people tuned in at some point during the live session right mm-hmm. which means they were putting kids to bed or they caught part of it and their internet went out or you know whatever or maybe they didn't like what we were saying so they clicked off and that's fine too but you know you you, you can touch people through social media um because I and, and people enjoy it because I get the messages like I'm sure you do on podcasts like man I really enjoyed that I really enjoyed that hey if you have him on next time do you mind asking him this or this or this and so that's what I really enjoy about it that the last stuff is and having guests is the engagement from the people that are watching and then they're like man okay so next you, you cover some really cool stuff and you ask some great questions do you mind asking this question next time I'm like, heck yeah, yeah, I'll ask anything for the most part. So, and then if you save it to your story, it lasts 24 hours, and then you see the engagement go up to a couple of thousand or, you know, two to four thousand or whatever. And you're like, man, you know, that hour long conversation got 4,000 views, and that was good education. We, you know, educational something we put out, or just some behind the scenes, like you're talking about information that people would not normally be able to uh, take in from that person. Well, and another thing, buddy, um, don't quote me on it, but from what I've been reading here the last week or so, they got rid of it saving for 24 hours. Now it goes over to your IGTV. Correct. Yeah, it stays there uh, long term. You can live there. Yeah. 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 That's new. Um, So, yeah, which makes sense because you can hop on Facebook Live and it lives there. Why wouldn't you be able to? save it on instagram 
yeah, it was forever too, so. It was always a really challenging part of uh, creating content going on Instagram because you're like, man, I'm putting this much uh, effort into something and people can only watch it for 24 hours. Well, what you think of the name, Insta? Like, yeah. it's not meant to be Facebook. It's supposed to be a different platform and a different way to reach people. Um, so, I mean, it is, it is totally different, but it sounds like they're morphing, morphing, it's morphing into more like a Facebook-type setting, which is fine. Yeah, I feel like their uh, Facebook, you know, being the parent company, is really putting all their nicest, newest features on Instagram first. Yeah. Yeah, Facebook is somewhat becoming antiquated, in my opinion. I may be totally wrong with that. But, well, it depends on the age crowd, too, that you're reaching or trying to reach. Um, I think I think a lot of things are geared more towards Instagram, which is why they're doing that than they are Facebook. Facebook's getting so um, just drowned with advertisements and these sponsored ads and all this kind of stuff that like it, it's frustrating to, to even pull it up and look at it sometimes, in, in my point of view. Oh, I agree. Where I can pull up Instagram and I can follow exactly who I want to see their content. I can go straight to it. And if I want to search something, I go straight to it. It's just a much better platform, in my opinion. But it's... On the like you say on the story stuff it's insta you get 24 hours and that's it and that's you know it's part of it yeah i feel like the uh the organic reach on instagram is so much better like facebook five years ago man you could really really grow you know on our uh our show's tv page it was like 2014 i think i grew that sucker to like 10k in a couple of months and dude you couldn't do that now without paying significant money for advertising and that was all organic and you know you look at some of your your facebook insights versus like a instagram insight and it's just night and day with the amount that you can get organically through instagram versus facebook it is and it goes back to a little bit of what we we talked about you know check out somebody's page that's got fifty thousand followers and look at their first picture and see how many likes they got yeah, early on, when Instagram started, you could buy all the followers, right? Mm-hmm. And the perception was, holy cow, this guy's got 50,000 followers. He must be a big deal. Well, he's got five likes on a picture. And, but people didn't realize that early on. Now, everybody's much more educated on Instagram. And it goes back to that engagement thing. Sure, they got 50, but their engagement is less than 1%. Right. So uh, that's, those numbers don't add up. So organic is is the only way to go. Don't ever buy followers. Uh, it's a bad, bad direction to go. Yeah, you're just wasting your money and you're buying freaking, you know, people over in India sitting there creating profiles, liking your stuff. Correct. Well, they don't even like it. It just shows you have followers. Yeah. They're, yeah not, exactly. they're not hitting the like button. I assure you, they're not hitting the like button. Yeah. It's- um, but everybody's educated now, so that's not a. Or most people are educated. That that's you can't fool the consumer now, based <laughs> on your followers. Yeah, everybody's. Uh, you know, it's been around too long. Everybody has figured it out and seen the scams and seen the failures uh, of just going out there and trying to throw that wide net. You know, like we said. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So before you left on uh, on your trip, I sent you that uh, that breakdown of kind of what I was going to do with that competition. Did you ever have any time to look at that? I did. 
I did. I like it. I like it. Um, the main thing I liked is the call maker has to blow their call. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that, that, yeah, that's a, that's a good part. I like that. Yeah, it'll like be that. it'll be really interesting, man. I've had a, a lot of call makers reach out to me and tell me they thought that was a great idea, and then I've had some that are like, "Man, I wish honestly I could blow a call better because I really want to get into this sucker, but uh, I'm struggling to do that." And I was like, "It's okay, man. You know, I didn't I didn't open it up to everybody. I'm only gonna open it up to you know 32, and I I hope that there's 32 people who uh, want to participate in that style of competition. But it's just about yeah. trying to be different." Sure, sure. And I, and I have some ideas that'll help you speed the process up, actually. And maybe you may hate them, but they may, it, it may be beneficial too. So, man, I'm, um, I'm all ears. You know, that's a, <laughs> that's one of the things that I, I, I reached out to a bunch of different guys because I wanted to know what their input was on it because I'm just one guy, you know? And sure. uh, I might sure. have an idea and I might not even think about it another way that I, uh, somebody else does. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, as a, as a call maker, definitely knowing how to blow the, a meat routine like you would. I mean, essentially a Main Street routine is what a meat call basically is what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, you should know that. Like, that's a that's kind of a fundamental type thing that, um, you know, in the call, competition call world, call making world, like, you should be able to make all those sounds, you know, and, um, and envision and learn that routine for sure uh, especially if you send sound files to customers you know that's that's what I do if I'm blowing a sound file essentially I'm just blowing a meat routine 60 second routine you know I try to keep it under a minute but um, show the highs the lows the the squeals the high tone you know all I mean show everything that the call will do and you can do that through a meat routine um you know, it takes a week to probably learn it, memorize it, maybe two weeks. But definitely, whether you participate in the competition or not, I would say definitely learn that learn that routine. Well, it's, it's what it makes for the routines, and it's, it's just what a meat call, basically. I mean, something, your hails aren't as long, and you're not highballing. You know, meat call doesn't highball, you know. Um, but there's a top end to your, to your hunting call, obviously hit the highs, come down, and, you know, blow two or three hails, and your transition, your feed, your step up, all that kind of stuff, like, you know, it's a good thing to know. Oh, yeah, and you're definitely going to, uh, you're going to have a better time selling calls if you can post up that, uh, that clean video of that sound file like you were talking about. Yeah, and I've realized, like, I've done a horrible job at posting routines, uh, or not routines, but, like, sound files, um, i I realized that actually when you when we were looking at that, I was like, yeah, like I've got some in my Instagram feed, but they're pretty old probably. Like I need to post some in my story and save it to where it you can just click on what do they what do they call that What's the word where you can archive it. Yes. Like archive some sound files, right? And my customers get them, but like a potential customer, it's like I wonder what his calls sound like. Well, he'd have to scroll down to last year to find one. You know, and that's that's poor marketing on my on my part. I should I should play more um, sound files and save them for sure. Yeah, 
And it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's just like trying to remember every box to check off. <laughs> that it just gets overwhelming sometimes. And, you know, looking at this, the BTBN and trying to come up with this contest and having all these other different ideas bouncing around my head. It, my call page and business has suffered more than anything because... You know, at the end of the day, it's like I don't have nearly as much time to turn calls, which is fine because I, I only turn because I like to do it anyway. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's definitely taken the back seat to uh, to this thing for sure. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it's the amount of content you're putting out. It goes back to what we were saying earlier. It's like just this is your priority right now, and I think it's great. I beg you not to stop it because it's awesome. <laughs> But I understand if you get a little burned out and you want to turn some calls and quit podcasting for, you know, or not do 10 a week, maybe only do two a week. I think all your listeners would understand that. Um, because, man, it's just like turning calls. Eventually, like, you may hit that spot where you're like, man, I need I need a break. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's a, a little more natural for me because I can sit and BS with the best of them. You know, I was always that guy. <laughs> that uh was having to be separated from my buddies in class because you know we just like that we like the bs back and forth so uh it comes pretty natural but yeah there's definitely times that i i listen to a lot of podcasts while i'm out on the road and stuff driving around during the day but i've gotten to the point at some points in the week where i listen to music or i just listen yeah. to nothing turn everything off and i'm like oh silence holy cow <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Um, sometimes it's music. If it is, most of the times it, I've kind of gotten on a blues kick lately, so you'll, you'll hear the blues. And then, uh, and then podcast. And it's not one of those two right now. It's silence. Listen to the shop back. Hey, how's that going, by the way? Dude, it, <laughs> it's going good. The shop stays so much cleaner. I, you know, it's still. I need longer handles for my tools. So okay. that way it can just have a little more room to grab on in the back. But, man, it stays so much cleaner. So you're kind of staying consistent with it? Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, Man, I'm always messing with it. And what I did was put a smaller um, tube on it. So that way yep. it was a little bit close, like a smaller grip. My hand, because like you had uh, sent me that message, man, my hand would cramp up like nobody's business. And throwing that little yeah. bit smaller... It doesn't catch as well because it's not as big an opening. Like, if they made, like, a right. bell shape, you know, like a, a trumpet or something like that, that'd be pretty sweet. It would catch a lot more and be more comfortable. But, uh, yeah, it it's kept the shop so much cleaner. It keeps me cleaner. Well, yeah, I, I'm telling you, it works. And when it, when, it, when it becomes second nature, like, you won't be able to turn without it. So that was – I meant to say that. Like, when I was at John's last week, his lathe is probably – literally a foot lower than mine Ooh, that's rough. so it changed my perception like the angle of my eye to the you know to the uh i guess you know to the mandrel and all that and so i'm standing up and i'm kind of hunched over and like it just did not it it felt like throwing a baseball left-handed mm -hmm. if that makes sense and so i eventually i was able to sit down on his workbench and and he had a, he has a back system backed up to the back of his uh, lathe, and it pulled really. I was impressed at how much it pulled away from you. But I was able to hold the hose and sit down and turn. Uh, when I turned the insert that I turned, 
and it worked much better. But um, yeah, apparently my lathe height is much higher than most folks. I didn't realize that, but that's the only table I had at the time when I got my first lathe and just have not varied from it, the height. It's where you get comfortable at. You know, it's just like, uh, you know, in your batting stance or anything like that, you have a very set way of doing anything. And if one thing is off, it feels goofy. I, uh, it's weird. I built my it's old so bench. Like, I took measurements where my elbow bent and stuff like that and with my lathe. And I built my old bench to fit that exactly. And then when I got back into it, I found another bench. And it was, like, the only thing that I could have to get going. And it took me a long time, like, of cutting little shims and stuff like that to uh, get that lathe height exactly where I wanted it and felt comfortable. But it was a process, man. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough. Now, I think next time I may actually just take another lathe with a box under it just to get one up to my height because it was, it was very, very uncomfortable. I mean, you make it work, but I, I was not anticipating that. Um you know, I mean, that's the fun of going to other people's shops. It's like how they do things versus what how you do things, and you know, it was a challenge. Oh yeah, sure. man! It, especially if you're going to do it for a long period of time. You know, you have your one set up at your shop because you're turning eight to ten hours a day, and you know, maybe longer. But you want it to be comfortable because if you yeah. have a slight little hunch in your back, like for the average guy who's turning, you know, two hours a day, it might not bother him. But if you stand there for ten hours and you do it for a week straight, like, you're not going to be able to walk. Yeah, uh, and that's exactly what I felt. I felt it in my lower back, but it was more like the peripheral. It was just, it was just off. It was, it was very, just very, very different. Um, like I said, we made it work. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I can't wait till he comes here, and I'm going to have to, I'm going to jack the lathe up even higher so he feels handicapped when he comes here. <laughs> he's going to bring, see, he's going to listen to it and bring him a little step stool. <laughs> I know. That's the thing. If it's higher, he can just step up higher to get the angle he needs. I couldn't, I couldn't get any lower. No. <laughs> I was yeah. practically barefooted trying to get, you know, take the soles out of your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny, brother. But anyway. What else? Got any other questions? Man, I feel like we could dig in all day long, but uh, we might have to make it into another one at some point because we're coming up on that cap on the time limit on the recorder. Okay, cool. Cool. We'll spend a good time. I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, man. Yeah. You're you're always an enjoyable one to talk to, man. I love picking your brain. Well, I I hope it's actually... I hope it actually helps somebody. <laughs> Maybe. Man, you know. if anybody listens to this one and doesn't take any kind of information out of it, they're uh, they're not really listening. <laughs> well, you know, that's cool, though, because we really didn't talk about turning duck calls. We talked about, you know, how to build a business, which is, again, I love, I love that part of things. So. Well, exactly, man. It's kind of like, uh, you know, I had that follow-up with Hunter Grounds last week, and we did a little uh, talking about, you know, just the basics of running a goose call and how to set up that routine. And, you know, Hunter, he has stories for days about competitions and different stuff like that, and we didn't even really get into those as much, and that thing got huge, huge, huge responses because uh, it's questions that people have, and, uh, you know, people aren't covering it like that. As it should have, because I listened to that, and 
not being a goose hunter, goose caller, like I was even intrigued. Um, and I tell you, those kind of interviews really helped me. It kind of, it kind of makes me take a step back because I mean, I blow a duck call every day of my life. And, and sometimes I take it for granted that other people do too. And they don't. Therefore, when I hear him talk about the things that, you know, when he got in the, really the technical stuff of blowing a goose call and the air presentation and this, that, and the other, I was like, man, I would feel like, like if, if he handed me a goose call right now, I would be as novice as they come. And so it kind of helps me go back to realize like, you know, sometimes guys walk in this shop and they're novice and you just have to start with the basics. And if you give them the basics, then they can start building. Um, so it was really good. I, I took a lot away from that, from a lot of different perspectives, actually. I'm glad, man. It uh, it was so enjoyable of a conversation. It's just like this one, man. Some of them, like you said, they're just so easy. Some of them are so natural and so easy, and I could go on and on and on. And I look down at that timer, and I'm like, oh, crap, man. We only got five minutes left to wrap this sucker up. <laughs> and then some of them. I, uh, you know, like you said, that that take a little more legwork on them, and I'm, it, you're you're watching that timer a little bit, but uh, you know they're, you I've listened to some of them, and gone back, and sometimes that first fifteen minutes is just so clunky sounding, which is tough because that's the first thing people hear, and they're gonna they're gonna jump off there because it's clunky, you know, and uh, so, man, if you just wait it out, it smooths out, I promise. It does. It does. It's, um, yeah, no, they're, they're all good. I really, you know, everybody's got a different personality and different perspective and different point of view. And, um, it's, it's, it's really refreshing to hear that ever, in my opinion, everybody has been very real with you and no BS. Like here, here's who I am and here's what I do and here's how I feel about it. And, uh, in a very professional manner, and so that's how that's that's enjoyable was to listen to i agree man i really i really appreciate it and i really enjoy like i said man i i enjoy these things as much as call making so i i really want to thank you for your time and your thought and input and all that good stuff brother absolutely man anytime anytime i'm well, available we'll have to do another one at some point man <laughs> Sounds great. Have a good night. All right, buddy. You too. Thank you. See you, Dave. All right, bye. All right, guys. Josh Raggio. Always a super, super fun one to talk to. The guy just, he puts a lot of thought into things. It's very, very enjoyable, and I, like I said, I love picking his brain. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. Like it. Share it. Do all that good stuff. If you want a half-decent duck call, hit me up. If you're a call maker and you want to enter that competition, you missed it because it's Monday. And if there's still spots available, you better sign up. Um, like I said, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Like, share, subscribe to this sucker, and hope you guys have a good day.